everybody. Welcome to another episode of Nostalgia and Now. We have done 97 episodes of this podcast, and I just wanted to thank everybody who has stuck around, who has listened for all this time. It's kind of crazy to think about. Laguna Biatch is turning four in June. I can't believe that we've been doing this together for four years. Um, I feel like it's all finally coming together. What's the uh, the quote from Sheena from Vanderpump Rules? It's all happening. That is how I feel, because next week we have the one, the only, Lo Bosworth is coming on the podcast. I am really excited to have her, and I know people are going to be wondering, like, what questions am I going to ask her? I have a lot of questions lined up, none of them involving Lauren Conrad. I do want to put that out there. The last thing I want to do is to make a guest mad at me. <laughs> like, she's come a long way. We've come a long way. And I'm just excited to have her on. I'm excited to talk about where she's at now. Some stuff with Laguna, some stuff with the Hills. But a lot of her story now, because I feel like she does have kind of an interesting story. She could have easily gone the FabFitFun route, but she didn't. She chose to create a company to help women. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I'm sure a lot of people will be kind of upset that I'm not asking any Lauren questions. If she comes up, it comes up, but it's not something I am really looking at, to be totally honest. Also, I just want to say really quick, I know I've talked about my psoriasis on different podcasts, on the stories, on my page, whatever. I've been using vitamin E from Trader Joe's and it's been working a lot. I just put it on my patches, on my, um, I don't think they're called patches. I don't know what they are. My little areas of uh, psoriasis and it has been going away and it has been working really well. So if you do have psoriasis on your body, definitely suggest the vitamin E. I know there are also like steroid creams that your dermatologist can give you or whatever, but I'm trying to get away from like heavy steroid use. Uh, (laughs) That sounds like I'm doing steroids. Heavy steroid creams, I should say. Totally up to you, but I'm just trying to get away from those heavy steroid creams, like I said. Also, I hate missing weeks of the podcast. I used to be so good, so on top of it. The last few months, you guys have known, I've been kind of going through it, but I wanted to let you know that May 18th, I likely will not have a podcast out because I have to fly home for my stepbrother's wedding. I'm really excited about it. Um, I've, I've been really lucky to be a part of a blended family that really loves one another. I've been, my parents, my dad and stepmom have been together about 20 years now. So we've all grown up together. We've all fought like siblings. We've all had to get over fights like siblings do, but I'm excited for him and his, his future wife. And that weekend I'll just, I'll be back in Massachusetts. I did get my first shot for the vaccine and it wasn't too bad. It didn't hurt really. I know my nano, my dad's mother was a nurse and she always told me whenever you get a shot, rub the area, break it up and it won't hurt as bad. So I did that right away. It was sore a little bit. The only side effect I had was I was really tired and my stomach got a little upset, but that could just be from anxiety. And that's probably TMI on this beautiful Tuesday for you, but I will be getting my second shot. And I've heard that that is what kind of knocks people out. Um, I'm not someone who's trying to push the shot on anybody. I'm just telling you my experience. That's simple. So yeah, that is kind of what is up with my life. I am moving May 1st. I'm moving to a new apartment, which I'm really excited about. My dad's actually flying down to help me move, which I wasn't expecting, but I love when my dad visits. I love when anyone visits. Um, none of, I don't really have like a bunch of people who come down to visit me. And I understand everybody has their own life. And I feel like when you move away, that is something you need to just understand. I have been here almost four years and I have had three friends visit me. And I've loved their visits. 
And I'm not mad at my other friends for not visiting me. But I always thought that, like, because I moved to a fun city, everyone would want to come. And everyone would want to come party and hang out and all this stuff. And unfortunately, life does happen. And now that we're all getting a bit older, it's not as easy just to jump on a plane and come down. A few people did ask me about my job search. It is a work in progress. I'm applying to about three to four jobs every day. Just trying to find something that I'm really passionate about. Because I feel like right now... If I was to jump into a job that probably isn't my best fit, I may end up in the same exact situation as before. So I'm really just trying to take my time and find something that I love because I, I want to have a job that I look forward to. I wish this could be my full-time job, maybe one day. As you guys heard, I did get an ad on the podcast and I still do want to do these small businesses if you guys are interested in that. I found out that I will need to market as income, but I don't think I need to tax anybody other than myself. So I do want to put that in motion because I do think that small businesses need to need to be shown some appreciation, especially during these trying times. This week, we have a bunch of awesome stuff to get into. Um, maybe not awesome, actually, because Stephanie Pratt lost her fucking mind, per use, and she decided to get in a fight with Spidey, a one-sided fight, so I'm gonna break that down for you guys. The Teen Mom reunion, holy shit, that got crazy. Zach Efron, sorry, my voice just went out. As you could tell, that was such a strain just to say his name, but Zach Efron, unfortunately, there's a lot of talk about him right now, so we'll talk about that. And then, of course, the hills break down. But yeah, I hope you guys have had an awesome week. And I just wanted to say really quick, thank you for all the kind words about the interview with Brad. I know it was a bit emotional at points, but it was a really great interview. I learned a lot about LFO, a lot about Brad. And yeah, thank you for all those kind words. And again, that is why I changed up the name of the podcast so we can get people from the <laughs> people from the past and people from today to come on, talk about it, and just have a place where they can not worry about someone who's just out to find out information. I don't know, that sounds weird, but before we started recording, Brad was like, I'm not here to like spill any gossip or any tea, so if that's what you're looking for. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not interested. Even though I wanted to be like, tell me everything about Lou Pearlman. Now with that, let's get right into the podcast. So this week for TRL, where it's not live and there are no requests, for Netflix, the top shows are coming in at number 10, Ginny in Georgia. Number nine is PJ Masks. Number eight, Who Killed Sarah? Seven is The Serpent. Six is Dad, Stop Embarrassing Me. I feel like that's how you have to say the title of that show. Number five, Nikki, Ricky, Dickie, and Dawn. Number four, A Life in Color with David Attenborough. Number three is Coco Melon. Coco Melon's been up there, you guys. I don't think Coco Melon has ever been out of the top 10 since we started doing this. Number two is Baker and the Beauty. And then at number one, it is The Circle. And it's kind of funny. I don't know if I love The Circle. I applied to be on The Circle, but they're all so corny. I feel like I need someone to be like a true villain. They're all kind of corny. I Maybe I will go in and be, I'll pull my Spencer Pratt and be a true villain on the show. And now in iTunes world, at number 10, we have Purple Rain by Prince. Number nine is Sunflower by Post Malone and Sway Lee. Number eight is Lose Yourself by Eminem. Number seven is Drunk, L. King, featuring Miranda Lambert. Number six is Peaches. Number five is Levitating by Dua Lipa and DaBaby. Number four, when I saw that this is in the top ten of iTunes, I was excited. Number four, Lady Marmalade 
by Pink, Maya, Lil' Kim, Christina, and Missy Elliott. One of my favorite songs of all time, I think. I never put it on like my favorite songs list, but whenever it comes on, it just gets me going. That is a good song. Number three is Leave the Door Open, Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack, and Silk Sonic. Number two is Astronaut in the Ocean by Masked Wolf. And then number one is the Savior Tears remix, The Weeknd in Ariana Grande. Honestly, I think those two should just do a whole collab album together. I think that would probably fly off the shelves. The shelves. You know, when I say things like that, sometimes I'm like, we are that generation. The generation who's like about to turn 30. So let's say like 26 to like 32. I don't know. That's probably not a big enough gap that I just said. But we are one of the last generations that remembers going and buying CDs. I'm sure like people who are 24, 25 remember doing it, but they don't. They don't remember going to FYE. They don't remember scanning the CDs and listening to 30 seconds of every single song while you have those disgusting headphones on that probably have a fucking Band-Aid in them just so you can see if you can buy the album. Because there was nothing where it was like, let's preview this album other than those disgusting headphones at FYE. And I just got so angry because I had had to listen to them through those gross ass headphones and my mom used to make me do it she'd be like I need to make sure you're gonna like this CD we can't buy a CD just because you like one song so I would sit there and listen to the previews to all the songs just to make sure that my mom or dad did not waste their money on an album that I would not like <laughs> now for my top 10 this week I decided to do my top 10 celebrity cl- couples of all time of course that is because of the recent Ryan deep dive and they are on that list even though Ryan is very problematic which you'll hear about later in the episode. So these are couples both past and form, past and present. Some have broken up, some are still together. And these are not in any kind of specific order. I just kind of wrote them down as they came to me. So I had Daniil Harris and Jensen Ackles. You guys know they're my favorite CW couple. Sophia Bush and James Lafferty. I always thought they made a very hot couple. Ryan and Reese, as I said. Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar, Beyonce and Jay-Z, Barack and Michelle, Ava Mendez and Ryan Gosling. I love them as a couple. I don't know what it is. I just, I love them so much. And then Sierra and Russell Wilson. And then my top favorite couple of all time, my top favorite celebrity couple, Jamie Foxx and Katie Holmes. They were so private for so long. And then all of a sudden they became a public couple and then they broke up. And I'm still upset about that. They were my all time favorite celebrity couple. I think Jamie Foxx is so handsome. I think Katie Holmes is beautiful. And I just, I wanted them to be together forever. And unfortunately that did not happen. So if you could please give me a moment, I would appreciate it. So this week, part one of the Teen Mom OG reunion happened, and oh my goodness, what a wild ride it was. You guys know how much I love Teen Mom, even though every week I'm like, I'm gonna quit this show. I'm like, I can't quit you. I wish I could quit you. But I just have to say, poor Cheyenne, because Cheyenne is like too normal for this show. She was just sitting there looking beautiful and pregnant, and her boyfriend, Zach, looked handsome as ever. Corey came in. Like, Cheyenne has a pretty seemingly normal life. I know that Ryder does have some health issues, so that is a very big part of her storyline as well. But overall, she does have a pretty normal life. And I actually feel bad because her segment was in between Amber and Macy's. So I almost don't even remember it. I just remember being like, oh, she's so normal and beautiful. Like she's so pretty and let's just get to the fight. I wanted to get to the Macy and Taylor versus Mimi, Jen and Larry. That is what I wanted. So unfortunately, I do feel like Cheyenne's segment was kind of 
just normal. So people aren't talking about it. But I will say I think Cheyenne was a great addition to the show. I really like Cheyenne. I do. So before we get into Macy, let's talk about Amber. Amber is the worst. And I feel like Dr. Drew has never been really hard on her. Now, if you remember, Amber has had a lot of issues in the past with addiction, with her anger. She hit Gary on TV, went to jail for that. And in this segment, she could barely keep her eyes open. I swear, I thought she was asleep. And at one point, Dr. Drew just goes, are you okay, Amber? Are you okay? And she's like, Dr. Drew, don't do this right now. You don't wanna do this with me. She just sounded a mess. She looked really bad. And then they brought in Gary. So, oh, before they bring in Gary, we find out that Amber is still kind of dating the Belgium guy, Dimitri, that she met online. And even though he kind of like got really, he seemingly got aggressive with her. I feel like she said he got aggressive with her when he was leaving for Belgium and that he was like completely obsessed with everything she was doing. But it looks like those two have now gotten back together. So they bring Gary in and that's when things start getting really bad in my opinion. Now, I do not think that Gary and Christina have done anything to keep Leah away from Amber. I think what a lot of people need to remember is Leah, all the kids on the show now, they're not really kids. They're like 12, 13 years old at this point, and they can see what their parents are doing. And I'll talk about that also with Ryan and Bentley, but Leah has friends. And that's something Gary said. Gary's like, you know, Leah sees what you say about us, and Leah's friends see what you say about us. So no, she doesn't want to spend time with you. Another big part of her segment is apparently she sold a story saying that Gary tried to make a move on her, that he went over her house, he got, she was upset and he comforted her. Now what he says happened is he goes, I wrapped my arm around her because she was upset. I tried to let her know I was here. And eventually Amber was like, yeah, I guess he wasn't coming on to me. He was just trying to be there for me. Because I do think that Gary and Christina have tried really, really hard to help Amber and to kind of have Amber be a part of Leah's life. But I think at this point, Leah's like, fuck this. I don't want to be around for it. And it's just crazy to me that Dr. Drew almost like stands up for her and Gary's just sitting there like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be a part of this. He doesn't say that, but you can kind of see it on his face. And eventually Amber just goes, you know what? Stop, stop. I want to leave this on a positive note. And Gary said something to the effect of that's what you think. Like he kind of made a snide comment after she said all this shit about his wife and about him and about his parenting style. So he kind of made a snide comment about something. And Amber was like, anyone who's struggling with mental health, I hope that you stay strong and don't have people in your life like him. And I personally think Gary has done a really great job from everything that we have seen. Early seasons of Gary, yes, could be rough for sure. But I think um, Gary has grown up a lot. I think Gary was a single dad to Leah for a while. I think Gary has a great wife in Christina. And Amber got really triggered. I'm kind of going all over the place. I do apologize. I hope I'm not going too quick. But Amber basically got triggered because Christina said, I'm just a bonus mom. And Amber was like, that's a weird thing to say. I don't really think it's a weird thing to say. I know some step parents call their stepchildren bonus kids. I mean, I think it's actually kind of a nice thing to say. But she got really upset about that. And near the end of the interview, Amber was just like, I want to leave on a positive note. And she looked at Gary and she's like, Gary, I appreciate you. I know you're doing your best with Leah, but your wife is a bitch. And I'm sorry. No, no. Without Christina, Leah would not have a mother figure in her life. And unfortunately, until Amber owns up to that, 
She'll never, she'll always be this way. And again, I think Christina has tried really, really hard to make a relationship with Amber to keep the peace for Leah. But at this point, Amber's going on Instagram lives, going crazy and all this stuff. And it's kind of like, yeah, I wouldn't want to be around my parent if they were like that either, especially when I'm 12 and my friends can see everything. Like that is very embarrassing. And yeah, so that is how I feel about the Amber situation. I kind of wish Amber was written off the show and we got Gary. I wish I would much rather watch Gary like make his tomatoes in his garden and how excited he is when he picks them over Amber sitting on the couch for another fucking episode. (laughs) I have a lot of, I don't like Amber. I don't, I don't like that she never takes accountability for anything that she does. And I don't get why MTV kind of babies her in a way. I feel like MTV really pacifies it. But now let's get to the real show. The real show of the night was Larry and Jen versus Macy and Taylor. Now, a lot of people were telling me that they thought it was kind of shitty that Macy was giggling while Taylor was like, Ryan is a piece of shit. Every week he proves to you that he is a piece of shit. And honestly, I think that Taylor's just had enough. Larry has done a bunch of gossip interviews. He's done a bunch of interviews about how they don't let Bentley see him and how all they do is talk bad about Ryan. Again, Bentley is 12 years old. I am sure that he kind of sees what is, not kind of, I'm sure that he does see what's happening. And then to have his dad be on TV calling his mother an evil bitch, he probably does not like that because Macy raised Bentley. Larry and Jen basically were his parents, like his his dad, because Ryan wasn't a fucking dad. Ryan's like a jealous older brother when it comes to Bentley. And Taylor made up a really good point because last season, Ryan kept calling Bentley like a crybaby and all this stuff. Why would Bentley want to spend time with them? Whew, let me take a breath. (laughs) But during this segment, I was curious if Larry was drunk. Larry seemed out of it. And I kind of, I was worried about like what he was going to say, what he was going to do. And then he moves to the edge of his seat. And that is when Taylor gets mad. And he's like, you want to buck up to me? You think you're going to buck up to me? And that's when things start getting really heated. And Macy and Jen are both kind of like, you know, calm down. Like, don't do this. And there is a part of me that does feel bad for Jen because she's definitely stuck in the middle. But I also think she's enabling her son a lot. I think the Edwards family is enabling their son a lot because they used to be cool with Macy and Taylor. They actually went to their wedding. They used to babysit Jade and Maverick. Like they had a great, almost like co-parenting relationship until all of a sudden Ryan said Macy was his trigger. And now because quote unquote Macy's his trigger, that means that Jen and Larry cannot stick up for Macy at all. That's what I get from it, at least. Of course, it could be different. But during this segment, I did have a question. I was like, is Taylor hot? I've never been attracted to Taylor. I've always thought he was a really great stepdad to Bentley and obviously great dad to his children as well. But I was like, ooh, am I, am I attracted to Taylor? I think one of the craziest moments was when Larry just goes, where were you the first three years of his life? And he's like, I was in Texas. I wasn't dating Macy. And it's almost like, Larry, where was your son? And during this, at one point, Jen does say, we can't give up on our son. And Macy was like, we don't want you to give up on him. Like we just, it's almost like we just want you to hold him accountable. There is no fucking way Ryan Edwards has been sober this whole season. There is no chance that boy is sober. And it's kind of crazy because after this aired, he said it's a blessing in disguise that they got kicked off MTV and that he's never been back on drugs. He's just really tired. 
All right, yeah, sure. And he also called them like dumbasses or stupid pieces of shit. And them meaning Macy and Taylor. Ryan called Macy and Taylor that. But there's just the part of me, I just, it really bums me out because of how close those four were and how now there is no relationship. And again, I think the issue with Ryan, Jen, Larry, they don't realize that Bentley is 12. Bentley can make his own choices to a certain extent. I know when I turned 13, that's when I could kind of like decide if I wanted to spend a whole weekend with my dad or just a night, like... You kind of get a little bit more of a choice when you're a little older in a divorced family, in a separated family, I should say. So I think that they need to realize that, no, Bentley is 12. Bentley has his own feelings, and Bentley is allowed to feel those feelings. As I always say, you're allowed to feel those feelings. I'm just, I'm really sad to see this relationship happen, and I do think Macy and Taylor are just over it. They're done with it. They do not want to be a part of the Edwards family. And do I think there have been things Macy has done that are isn't cool, right? Like, there have been moments where I'm like, Macy, why'd you do that? Like talking to her son's therapist on national TV after he said he didn't want to really talk about it. Not cool, but she did it. And I'm not going to say she's a saint, but she's also been a really good mom. So she is my favorite out of the teen mom OGs. Out of the teen mom like universe, I would say she's definitely top two. Her and Chelsea have always been my favorite. But overall, the reunion was very intense. And it seems like next week's reunion is, or I guess this comes out on Tuesday and The reunion will be Tuesday night. So I guess tonight's reunion is all supposed to be pretty heated because it ends with the Jen, or it starts with the Jen, Larry, Taylor, and Macy fight. And then Mackenzie talks a bit where she actually admits to cheating on her husband, not the other way around. And I know Christina gets brought on. So it'll be, it'll be crazy to watch. I'll be tuning in. But I really hope that the Edwards family does understand that they are enabling this kind of behavior for their son. Now you guys know that I also love the challenge and this week on the challenge, it was the finale. So yes, there are spoiler alerts ahead. If you are not caught up, I suggest skipping this segment entirely. So that's your warning. (laughs) But coming in third with no money is Leroy and Nani. Coming in second, Cam and Corey. And I personally think that these two are the future faces of the challenge. Um, Right now, I think people still kind of think of Bananas as the face of the challenge. As far as female competitors, I would have said it was Cara Maria, but she hasn't been on in a few seasons. So I do think that Cam is going to take that place as she should. And again, Corey, he has changed a lot over the last few years. I think becoming a dad was really, really good for him. And then as winners, we had CT and Amber B. And can I just say... Amber B surprised the hell out of me and probably most people watching. She absolutely killed it. Hell, she outran CT during certain parts of it. And let's talk about some, a little bit of karma, I guess. And this is not funny. I do not like that Casey was hurt. I think it sucks that Casey got hurt. Personally, I think Fessy was pushing Casey too hard and that's why she stumbled, fell, hurt her knee. But Fessy did leave Amber in the dust because he was like, no, she's not going to do well on a final. She has no stamina. What was that, Fessy? She absolutely crushed it. And honestly, I think that Fessy is one of the worst competitors ever. I almost said employees. I guess he could be an employee. But one of my least favorite competitors. He always, like 
complains about his cast members. He always complains that other people hold him back. He said he would crush this final. And again, of course, his partner did get hurt. So yes, that was a problem. But I don't know why TJ was so nice to him. I feel like TJ should have been a lot harder on him because what I think, I think MTV thinks Fessy is going to be the next face of the challenge, but it's not that. It really isn't. Fessy will not be the face of the challenge, especially after this season. Because again, I'm sure on the reunion, he is going to go on there and say he didn't want to eat because there's no chance him and Casey could have caught up or anything like that. A lot of people also mentioned that he may not have wanted to eat the food because of his religion. What I heard was MTV got a special side plate of food for him, so he did not have to go against his religion. So they did try and work with him on that. But yeah, I think TJ was really, really, easy on Fessy because he quit. He did quit. Casey's still out there eating. Casey's trying. And again, Fessy could have probably lifted Casey up and ran with her. I think it showed how much heart Casey had and how much and how little heart Fessy has for the game. Because if you can't eat, guess what? You can't win. I really feel that way when it comes to the challenge. There is always an eating challenge. Maybe the last few seasons there haven't been, but you have to be able to eat. At some point during the challenge, there is an eating competition. And I think Fessy really fell apart. I think he got clowned. I think he is a clown. But my favorite part of the whole episode was when TJ was explaining the overnight challenge, which was they had to carry like a 15 pound block. And before they switched to go to sleep, they had to dunk their face in ice water for 10 seconds. And out of nowhere, Nani just goes, what is wrong with you? You're you're absolutely sick. And I thought that was so funny. I really do like Nani. I think this was her best season. She didn't get caught up in any boy drama. She was focused. I am kind of bummed that Leroy is retiring, but he came in third. Of course, there's no money, but he gets paid a lot of money to fucking show up in the first place. And I could picture him ending up on Challenge All-Stars, which is, of course, on Paramount+. Plus. I have not watched it yet. Please don't be mad, but I kind of don't want to pay for it. <laughs> I know that sounds lame, but I don't want to pay for another streaming app when I also have cable. So I haven't watched it yet, but I will. I promise maybe once I get a job, I will start watching it. Overall though, pretty boring season, I will say that. I think it took the last few episodes to really get going. Unfortunately, I do know Fessy's on the next season. I wish he wasn't, but he is just, he's become really bad. I really liked him his first year. This year, he's just, I don't know. Because a few people were like, you wouldn't like him if you saw him on Big Brother. I'm like, I didn't watch Big Brother, so it doesn't matter. And after this season, I'm like, I believe you guys. Him and Josh ruined the challenge for me. I will put that out there 100%. But congratulations to CT and especially Amber B because I think a lot of people counted her out and she absolutely killed the final. So the episode of The Hills that we are reviewing this week is season four, episode 11. It is called, You'll Never Have This. So previously on The Hills, Steph is desperate to mend things with her brother. And then we are reminded that Audrina wanted to bring Corey to Cabo until she found out that Justin was going. Now, Audrina has to spend the whole weekend with Justin, and she was sure she'd see him with other girls. Lauren then says Cabo would either make Audrina forget Justin, or prove she wasn't ready to let go. We start the episode boarding the PJ, the private jet, Doug's private jet, of course. We have Brody, Doug, Justin, Audrina, Lauren, and Frankie, 
And Brody starts off by asking what the plan is. And Doug says he has a surprise that'll liven up the party. Is it drugs, Doug? Do you have drugs for us? We don't know, because all of a sudden, we cut to Frankie, who's asking Audrina, he's like, what's up with you and, uh, and you and Justin? So in this moment, we have one of my favorite nostalgic trends. We have Lauren and Audrina sharing headphones. I remember doing that during gym when we used to walk the mile. We'd share headphones and it would be incredible because you know you could share music with your friends. But that is what Lauren and Audrina are doing and of course that is always great until you turn your head and it gets like ripped out of your ear or your friend turns their head I should say and it gets ripped out of your ear. But Audrina goes we're not together. He plans on hooking up with other girls. And Frankie's like, so where's Corey? He's on tour. And Frankie really bothers me in this scene. He's like very much just trying to poke and prod. Of course, I think Frankie has always wanted the limelight. And now he has it on The Hills New Beginning, so happy for him. But I think during The Hills days, he wanted to be more a part of The Hills than The Hills wanted (laughs) him to be a part of it, if that makes sense. And Lauren decides to step in between Frankie and all of that. She just says, I think we all left a lot in LA and we should just enjoy. And it's a weird voiceover because all of a sudden Lauren just goes, except for Audrina, she brought hers on the jet with her. And again, it's a really weird voiceover, like it doesn't show Lauren saying it, and it's also in a deeper, like, voice than Lauren typically speaks in. So I'm sure when they were in there doing the previously on the hills, they were like, can you just say this line? We'll just throw it in no matter where it goes. It doesn't matter. After that moment, we have Unwritten play, we have the intro play, and can I just say, I love that the song Unwritten has now all of a sudden kind of gotten a more resurgence of love. It's like people are rediscovering how good of a song that is. And I will say a hundred times, that song is so much better than Come Clean and it will always be better than Come Clean. There, I said it. But we land in Cabo Cabo Cabo. We have a nice aerial view of the beaches, of the rocks that are there. And then we are at the villa, which is a gorgeous private house and it's right on the beach. So the girls start walking around and they find their rooms and we find out that Audrina and Justin Bobby were supposed to share a room together. And Audrina's like, there's no way I'm staying in this room. There is no chance. And Lauren pops right in. She's like, just stay in my room. I'm downstairs. I have my own room. Just stay with me. And Audrina just goes, I'm sure he'll have a girl in here tonight. We then get a small Audrina and Lauren beach montage while Justin looks on from... I don't know, the balcony of the villa. He looks like he's watching the girls. The girls have their coronas. They're jumping in the ocean, jumping in waves, just having some fun. And honestly, I know the Oscars are on tonight. Where's the Oscar for this? The cinematography in this episode is absolutely incredible. There are so many scenes where you see Audrina with like a fuzzy Justin Bobby in the background. Then it kind of goes in and out between the two of them. Beautiful. Chef's kiss. That's all I can say. After the girls are hanging out by the beach, we go to the boys in the pool. And all the boys but Frankie are wearing backwards trucker hats. And that is still such a hot look, if you ask me. But they're all kind of giving Justin a hard time. And then Justin says to Frankie, he's like, if you know shit about Audrina, you should share with the class. And Frankie gets kind of defensive. He's like, well, I know she's dating somebody. And Doug says, it's not a boyfriend. Yes, yes, it is. It's a dude named Corey. She's dating a dude named Corey. Again, Frankie gets very defensive because he's like, no, I actually know what's going on. She says, Corey treats her right and Justin doesn't. And Justin's response, yeah, whatever. She has the audacity to give me shit and she's seeing somebody else. Eh, I don't 
know if that's correct, Justin. I mean, you kind of don't want to be exclusive with her, and she's allowed to keep her options open. And of course, what does Brody say? You know Brody likes to poke the bear. Brody wears my hug Jenner, says that he hates drama, but he loves drama. He thrives off drama. He just goes, yeah, I'd be pissed. I have one thing to say, Doug announces. He goes, I have one thing to say. All girls are shady. And all the guys go like, oh, yeah, you're so right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> now back in L.A., we have Steph and Heidi shopping. And it was a weird moment because they walked into the store and I actually thought I was like, where's their mask? That hasn't really happened to me other than one scene of a show where they were at a buffet. I was like, ew, that's gross. Why are they at a buffet right now? And then I was like, wait, this is pre-COVID. And this is like a decade and a half before COVID. But it was very weird when they walked in. I was like, why aren't they wearing masks? But Steph tells Heidi that she has a boyfriend. And then she says, it's nice to have him while everyone's out of town. Um, where is everybody? Brody's birthday, he flew everyone out to Cabo. Why didn't you go? Brody and I don't exactly get along. Um, what about you and Lauren? And again, that's a bad voiceover. The tone of the voice, the sound of the voice does not fit in the scene. And we do not see Heidi say it. And Steph just goes, I don't know. We left off kind of weird. And then Heidi invites Steph and Cameron on a double date. But Steph's kind of like, I'm scared. Heidi's like, maybe we can go on a double date. Me, you, your boyfriend and Spencer. And what does Heidi say after Steph says she's scared? What's, what's the worst thing that could happen? Spencer could say something mean and Cameron could like stiffen up. Spencer's not dating him. Even if your family doesn't like him, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, my mom and Spencer don't get along, but my mom's not dating Spencer. And you know, in that moment, like Heidi's kind of like trying to convince herself. She's like, yeah, it doesn't matter if nobody likes your boyfriend. It's totally fine. It's totally normal. They're not dating him. You are. And Steph's kind of like, yeah, I guess so. But she does agree to go to dinner with Spidey. She's like, okay, we'll do it. And you know, she's like, fuck, I don't want to do this. I don't want to put my new boyfriend through this. So now we are at the Cabo dinner and Lauren has her hair in her famous twist braid, which we love. And what has Brody said? I'm worried for you guys because there were like 10 dudes here. Well, we're dudes for this on this trip, it looks like. And all I can say is Justin looks super hot. My thirst for a short haired Justin Bobby will always be there. Like it's not something I can control and I hate it, but he looks super hot in this whole episode. Again, short hair Justin Bobby does something to me. So he turns and looks at Audrina and he's like, uh, where'd you get the uh, flower in your hair from? And she says, Corey gave it to me. So I saw your bag rolling out of our room. And Audrina just stares at him, then looks back at her digital camera. She's like, I'm not doing this right now. In her head, she's just like, I want to look through my pictures that I took of my friends, and I can't wait to update them to MySpace. But she goes, I figured you'd want your own room. Ditto, Justin Bobby. And also, all I can say is Justin Bobby's jaw is all over the place in this scene. He keeps locking his jaw, he keeps playing with his jaw. And I'm like, are those the party favors that Doug promised? And Audrina just goes, you're the one who didn't want to be exclusive. And she does have a point with that, Justin. You can't have your cake and eat it too. And he just goes, dude. So, so what am I supposed to think then? You show up in Cabo and Justin goes, I already said. And then he says something that I couldn't even understand. It was just so mumbly. I wish I had closed caption on because it was like, I already said blah, 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 blah. And Audrina goes, it's cool. It's totally cool. And he goes, is it? Yup. Okay. It's such a tense scene. Like everything with Justin and Audrina this whole episode is super fucking tense. That's all I can say. He then mouths, I'm free, hall pass to Doug. 
and Frankie does a toast. I have a feeling Frankie is a toast kind of guy. There's always like one friend who likes to do a toast, especially when they're drunk. I might be that friend, who knows? But I am gonna play the audio clip from Frankie giving the toast for Brody's birthday. I just wanna say, not only are you my best friend, but you're the best friend a person can have. a sweet little toast to start off the night. So once Frankie is done with his toast, Doug says, well, since we're having a, a fiesta, I thought we'd bring in the party. And Lauren just goes, did you guys invite sleazies? And then all of a sudden, like 50 people, guys and girls roll up. And I'm like, was there a casting call? Did MTV like put out flyers? And they were like, if you're here for spring break, show up at this house and be on TV. Because there are a lot of people that roll through. And Lauren looks at Brody and goes, I think you have good odds tonight. And Brody starts laughing. He goes, there's like 18 girls. I mean, where are they all going to sleep? So Lauren and Audrina decide to have a moment together away from the boys. And Lauren calls out. She's like, there are already girls at the beach. They're like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm going to take my clothes off. And Audrina is not there. Like she is there, but like mentally she is not there for Lauren's little comments. Audrina just goes, have you noticed the awkwardness? And Lauren goes, I think the insects in the air have noticed the awkwardness. And again, I think Lauren was just trying to be like the fun, cool girl at this point of the series because she obviously had it hard with Spidey. And again, I feel like she just wanted to kind of be the cool girl instead of the drama girl. And Lauren tells Audrina to just tell Justin Bobby off. You gotta let go if you're gonna be with Corey. He's all about mind games is what Audrina says immediately. And as she goes to say another thing, Lauren goes, then shut it off. You can't play this game by yourself. Not wrong, Lauren. That's a that's a very good point. But again, it is really hard to shut off feelings. I feel like we all know that. You can't, it's really hard just to shut them off. You can shut them off. It just takes some time. And it's definitely not gonna be when you're in Cabo with them. But the next scene, we are still in Cabo and Brody points out all the boys are single. This is the weekend to have a hall pass and find out that your girl has a boy. This is probably it, right? No remorse. And I mean, I don't know if Justin Bobby knows what a hall pass is because you have to be dating somebody to have a hall pass. And he keeps saying like, hall pass, I have a hall pass in Cabo. You're not dating Audrina. So I don't know if you need a hall pass. I think you can just do whatever you want. But we see Brody and Doug checking out some twins. And then we go back to Lauren and Audrina who are sitting over away from like the pool away from everybody and Lauren just goes let's go make friends with those girls it'll be so much fun and in that moment I was like that's like kind of a catty thing to do because you know she just wants to make friends with them to make fun of them but it's also something that I would have probably done when I was like 24 and wasted so I do kind of get where Lauren's coming from but we then see the pool and everybody is having chicken fights and I feel like that was always like weirdly sexual When you're in like high school and you're on some guy's shoulders having a chicken fight, like playing with, not playing, like pushing the girl in front of you and guys are like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like chicken fights have always been sexualized, even if they're completely innocent. But Audrina looks sad while watching Justin Bobby flirt. He has a girl on his shoulders that's not her and Audrina's just trying to have a good time. Now back in LA, we are at the Spidey, Steph and Cameron date. We find out that Steph and Cameron are 20 minutes late 
And Spencer is in a bad mood because they're late. And I get that. I, I'm someone who likes to be on time. I try really hard to be early to things. And it does bother me when people are super late to things. But Spencer says, I can't wait to meet this lovely gentleman who has the honor of dating my fabulous sister. So after he says that, we see Steph and Cameron walking up to the restaurant. And Steph says, we don't get along well, you'll see. And Cam says, well, if he's a jerk, I won't be nice. You have to be nice. No, I don't. Always be nice. It's kind of funny Steph is saying that, especially after what she did this week, which we will talk about after the episode recap. So they roll in and Spencer calls them out for being late. And Cameron's like, it's my fault. I'm sorry we're late. And Spencer just goes, what a gentleman. So Spidey's food comes out because they ordered. Um, Spencer does a toast and... He says, thank you for coming. This is Steph's first real boyfriend that I'm meeting. And Steph gets annoyed. She's kind of like, why are you embarrassing me? And then Steph asks how they are and asks about Holly. And Spencer goes, I just kicked Holly out. It felt real good. Don't say that, Heidi says. She's the biggest moocher on the planet. And Heidi says it wasn't mutual because Steph's like, well, was kicking her out mutual? No, it wasn't mutual. Spencer said either I'm leaving or Holly is leaving. So now she's crashing on someone else's couch. And Spencer's kind of like, see, like I said, biggest moocher on the planet. So you notice that Cameron is trying to break up the awkward silence. And he goes, your sister's really funny. She makes me laugh a lot. Yeah, she makes me laugh a lot too. Heidi then asks Cameron if he knows Brody. Yeah, we've met a few times. I've known him for like three or four years. You guys are old friends? He's like, Brody's all right. And then Heidi's like, do you know that he made Steph cry? I mean, I haven't seen him in a while, but maybe I'll call him up to talk about it, is Cameron's response to that. And then Spencer decides to put in his two cents and it is an audio clip. So I'm gonna play that in three, two, one. What happened with you and Brody? You guys were like, he just hangs out with somebody I can't respect him for hanging out with. We talked a lot of crap about. Yeah, I don't like hypocrites. Loyalty is a big thing. Did you meet Doug yet? You're asking Cameron. Dating Elsie's boyfriend, Doug? I never dated Doug. I just went to dinner. Candlelit dinner. I heard there were candles. So as you can imagine, that date is not going great because Spencer is in a mood. Again, I kind of get it because they were super late, but he just likes to make Stephanie's life miserable in these seasons. Now back in Cabo, everyone is drunk and we hear Audrina yell, get that off his wrist. And we're kind of like, what is, what's going on, Audrina? Why are you upset right now? But we see that Justin is wearing her flower, like the flower she had in her hair. He has it around his wrist. I just want my flower back and, and you can go on your way, is what Audrina says as she is sitting by the edge of the pool. And he starts like teasing her with it. He starts lifting it up as she goes to grab it, pulls it away. And he does that like four or five times. Keep it, keep it, I'm done, Audrina says as she stands up and then throws her drink at him even though he's in the pool. And as she's walking away, Justin says, tell your boy I said hello. And just cue the sad music as Audrina is walking away from this situation. She's done. She's done. She's over it. She's done with his mind games. Next morning, we are still in Cabo and everyone is soberish, we assume. And we have a Justin and Audrina moment again. This is a very heavy Justin and Audrina episode. Apparently, a random girl tried to take Audrina's flower tie that Justin had around his wrist, but he wouldn't give it to her. And she goes, I heard you didn't let someone take that. And he goes, why would I? This means a lot to me. And then she asks to have the flower back and he says no. And they start joking about throwing each other overboard on a boat. 
they're kind of like, thank God we're not on a boat. I'd throw you overboard. And Audrina's like, no, I'll throw you overboard. But she mentions the hall pass to him and he's like, you have a boy. It doesn't matter. You left me for another guy. And Audrina gets so annoyed and reminds him that he did not want to be exclusive with her. And they start arguing about how he's not straight up. And she tells him to be straight up with her. And he's like, be straight up with me. You're not straight up either. Corey treats me good and wants to be with me. End of story. And then she asks for the flower again. And what does Justin say? You will never get this, is what he says to her after she asks for the flower yet again. And as they zoom out, you see Audrina like walking away. And then we see that Justin is wearing short shorts, like very short cutoff denim jean shorts. And I was like, damn, Justin, show those legs. So as we are wrapping up this episode, we are back in LA and Stephanie meets up with Spencer, who's working out. It's some steps. It's like fourth street steps or something that he's just running up and down. And Spencer's mad at her for being late on the date. And Steph's like, yeah, I understand that was Cameron's fault. I'm sorry. And Steph's like, well, I'm mad you brought up Doug. And Spencer says he's just mad because Cameron is friends with Brody. I'm not apologizing is what Spencer says to Steph. And she just goes, you don't get along with anybody. You should appreciate that I even talked to you, that I went to dinner with you, and that I paid for dinner. And then Steph just asks him to be nicer, and he asks her to be loyal. So Steph and Spencer are still not getting along, tale as old as time, but Stephanie seemingly went there to try and get an apology, didn't get the apology, and now they're worse off than ever. Now as we completely wrap up this episode, we are back in Cabo, and we're having a chat between Audrina and Lauren. And Audrina is upset that Justin's mad at her. And Lauren's kind of like over it. She kind of like rolls her eyes a bit. And she just, she's like, you need to focus on you. Honestly, you need to not talk to Justin anymore. To be fair to Corey, you need to cut him off completely. And Lauren starts getting annoyed because she feels like Audrina's being wishy-washy. Because Audrina's like, Justin's just always going to be there. I'm always going to love him. And Lauren's like, I know it's really hard when you love somebody, but you have to let them go. And we end the episode with this quote. If you want a boyfriend, Justin isn't it. Maybe it's time to let him go. And then we have the sad music and we have glances between Audrina and Lauren. And that is how the episode ends. We're kind of wondering if Audrina will actually stick with Corey or if she wants to take Justin Bobby back. So like I said during the recap, tale as old as time with Stephanie and Spencer not getting along. Over the weekend, Stephanie posted something on Twitter being like, Congratulations on the second baby, Heidi. I saw the pictures. They're beautiful. Now, when I saw that tweet, I was like, did she really just blow up Spidey's plan to like be on Us Weekly and announce a baby? Like I was kind of like, oh yeah, like what an evil plan to make sure that you get there before they do, which honestly is not cool. I got excited for a second then I'm like, the only person who should announce that she's pregnant is Heidi. Like it shouldn't come from um, Stephanie. It should come from Heidi. But there was the part of me that was like, you know, they love their Us Weekly covers. So Stephanie outed them before that came out. Now, once I realized that wasn't the case, I went to Stephanie's Instagram and she posted a photo of Heidi on the beach and she was like, congratulations on the baby. Fucked up. That is body shaming. I don't care what anybody says. And then she went on the next slide and was like, I wonder what my brother is having. Now, Stephanie is not on this season of The Hills. She's not. She wasn't going to be on it ever. 
So a lot of people are like, oh, this is just publicity for the upcoming season. I don't think so. I think Stephanie is just unhinged. I think Stephanie's kind of out of it for sure and is probably pissed that she's not going to be on the season. So instead of, you know, just kind of, I don't know, it's not even like making fun of them. Like she just looks like such an asshole. She looks like a complete dick. And it's just sad. And it's sad that this fighting has been going on for so long. I don't think Spidey and Stephanie will ever get along. And this just goes to prove it. And I don't know if you guys remember, after The Hills New Beginning, Stephanie was very vocal about how horrendous Heidi is. She went on Instagram Lives saying that she is no longer close with Heidi and Spencer because of Heidi. She said Spencer doesn't even talk to his own mother because of Heidi. And it was just a lot of long, basically, rampages about how awful Spencer and Heidi are. Mostly Heidi. This time around, it seemed like she wanted to target Spencer. But to clear the air, no, Heidi is not pregnant. She's been very open about how hard it is, how hard they've been trying to get pregnant, too. So I'm sure that that's even another shot. Um, I personally think Heidi has a lot of body dysmorphia stuff. I mean, she's changed her body a lot. And I'm sure that that isn't good for her. That's not good for anyone's mentality. And also, never assume somebody's pregnant. I'm just throwing that out there. I feel like we shouldn't have to say that, but we unfortunately do. So, end of story. Stephanie body shamed Spencer and Heidi. She probably thought she was being like a funny, mean girl, and she thought people would like it. People did not like it. And hopefully, Stephanie can just shut the fuck up. And for once, I'm team Spidey. I'm team Spidey on this one. Because that's just uncalled for. I That's all I can say. It's super uncalled for. Heidi has been open about trying to get pregnant and they're having trouble getting pregnant. So I guess we will see what happens with Spidey in baby number two if they end up having another baby. But I do think that this backfired big time on Steph. So over this last week, Zac Efron has been in the news a lot. First, it was because him and his girlfriend broke up. Now remember, she was a waitress in Australia, so that gives everybody a shot. If he's just gonna fall in love with a with a plain Jane waitress, I will say Vanessa's very beautiful. I'm not trying to shut her down. I'm trying to make us feel better. But if he's gonna fall in love with a waitress, like who's to say he won't see one of us at a Starbucks or something and fall in love with us? There's hope for us now, okay, ladies and gentlemen, maybe. But he's also been in the news because he was in a video for Bill Nye the Science Guy to celebrate Earth Day. And a lot of people noticed his appearance looks different. Now, at first I was like, wow, he needs to stop with the fillers. He needs to stop doing all this stuff. I even said like, what in the Bradley Cooper is going on? Because Bradley Cooper got fillers that looked not great also. And then I had to like take a step back and be like, stop being an asshole, right? Like stop judging everybody on their looks. And yes, he did look different. But I think with Zach, we need to remember that he is no longer 17 years old. He is in his 30s. So maybe he is just aging. And then another thing that popped into my head is that he broke his jaw at some point, And I feel like his jaw never healed correctly. I feel like if you look at pictures of him, especially when he had his bleach blonde hair, you can kind of see that his jaw is not set correctly. So maybe it has something to do with that. Maybe he did get injections. I don't know. But end of the day, I think Zac Efron is still super, super fucking hot. And he's actually been pretty open about how men's beauty standards have been really hard for him and how he did have an addiction issue and all this stuff and then it became like an obsession with how he looked and I just I really hope that Zach is able to 
find happiness in how he looks because he's a fucking fox. He is a 10 out of 10. He's so hot. But again, I think industry standards have really fucked with his head. And I actually forgot about his broken jaw until I read something that was like, yeah, maybe he tried to get his jaw reset and it just didn't work right. So hopefully people can be a little bit more kind towards him and just people in general for getting work done if they get it done. But in his pictures, I feel like it doesn't look as bad as in the videos. Again, we don't know when the video was shot. We don't know any of that. But I think we got to give Zach some grace right now. I'm saying give Zach some grace. Zach's always going to be hot in my book, whether he has fillers, no fillers, whether he has a jaw that's a little crooked, whatever the case may be. I think he's always hot. So another thing that I saw going around is Justin Timberlake and Justin Bieber apparently have some kind of song coming out with DJ Khaled. Um, Justin Timberlake posted on his Instagram a picture of him and Justin Bieber trying to FaceTime DJ Khaled with the, then he like, you know, it's like a slide post. And then the next slide was a video of DJ Khaled saying, the vocals are here, the vocals are here. And honestly, as much as the, as Justin Squared bothers me, I bet you this song's gonna be a fucking bop. And I always wonder what Justin's career would have been like if he signed with JT over Usher. Now, we know that Bieber has always wanted to be an R&B artist. He was even mad at the Grammys because they put him in for pop vocals. But one thing I don't think he realizes is that his team is the one who put him for pop vocals, not the Grammys. The team has to um, submit him to the category they think he'll win. They thought he'd win pop. He was mad at the Grammys for no reason when it's his team. But anyway... I wonder what would have happened if it was Justin Timberlake. I think Justin Bieber would have been a lot more pop. Even though I still think he's pretty pop. I know he has some like R&B songs. But for the most pop part, he is a pop artist. So I am curious to see what this maybe collaboration will sound like. And you know what? I'm going to hate it because I'm going to like it. And I already know I'm going to fucking like it. Even though I don't like JT or JB. <laughs> I know I'm going to like this damn song. In case you missed it. Katy Perry, Carrie Underwood, and Celine Dion all announced that Vegas residencies are coming back. Of course, Celine has been there for quite some time now, but Carrie and Katy will be new residencies. And I love the Vegas residency idea, but I also hate it because it halts touring for a lot of artists. I mean, I'm not going to see Katy Perry. Carrie Underwood I've seen twice. Maybe I've seen her once. She's incredible live. But I probably wouldn't see her live again. But I like the idea that you can go to a really fun city and see an artist in a more intimate setting. I did go to the Britney tour um, seven years ago, eight years ago now. I went for my niece's first birthday. Well, my brother lived in Vegas at the time. And while we were out there, I went to see Britney with my ex-sister-in-law. But it was incredible. And like I said, it was intimate. It's not as many people as it would be in a concert, which was super fucking cool. But Vegas used to be where people's careers went to, like, die. I think, actually, Justin Timberlake said that when he was asked about Vegas. Actually... I found the quote. He said, it's for people planning their retirement. And of course, everyone was like, wow, he's really trying to shade Britney and the Backstreet Boys. But I'd say Britney changed all of that when it comes to Vegas. She's the one who made it cool for like a younger artist to have a show. Because before her, it was like Celine Dion, Elton John, the, the you know, the older crowd, I guess. But Backstreet Boys followed in Britney's footsteps. J-Lo followed. 311 
tried to do it, but COVID stopped them. Blink-182 tried, but COVID. And I also think it's definitely an easier way for artists to make money rather than going on a full tour where they have to pay like all these fees and pay for shipping. When everything's there, they make way more money off Vegas residencies than they do touring. Maybe not. Maybe not like a full tour. I think it's just easier to manage in a way. But yeah, that's just kind of what I had on Vegas residencies. I think it's a great idea and I think it's a lot of fun. I know Usher has one and he'll be performing out there for my 30th birthday. Unfortunately, I don't think I'll be able to make the trip, but it would be incredible. I think that would be like the most fun ever. I have never seen Usher live and I've always wanted to. Another thing in pop culture is Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. Apparently it's gonna happen June 6th in Miami. And I just hope that Floyd Mayweather, I think he's undefeated. I, I believe it or not, I don't follow boxing very closely, but I hope that it's not some big like payout. You know what I mean? I kind of hope he just punches Logan Paul in the face and knocks him right out. Not that I condone violence, not that I'm here for violence. It's just the Paul brothers annoy the absolute shit out of me. I am so sick of both of them. And I would really like it if Mayweather doesn't even make the fight go to another round. Um, I'm sure there may be payments where... The fight goes on a little bit longer than it should, but I hope Floyd Mayweather just kind of kicks his ass, to be totally honest. So another thing that happened in pop culture is Jana Kramer announced that her and her husband are officially getting a divorce. He cheated on her again, and she said it broke her trust. And I guess I was like confused because they just celebrate celebrated some anniversary of him cheating on her. So I guess that this is something that's happened a lot over and over and over again. And in my opinion, Jana Kramer is an absolute thirst monster. Um, she's the one, she created rumors, she was joining Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and everyone was like, who's Jana Kramer? But I mean, to be real, divorce is always sad, but I can picture them working through it. I think that they will be back together within a few months, and she's trying to get that new show on Nashville Housewives to get picked up. I think it's going to be on CDMT. I've heard it's going to be called Married to Country, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. I cannot stand... Brittany Aldine or Jana. When I say like my least favorite Nashville celebrities, Brittany and Jana are like at the top. That being said, if it does get picked up, of course I'm gonna hate watch it, but I can picture Jana and her husband getting back together. I don't think this is forever. I almost think this is for the show. And I guess we'll just have to see what happens with her. But yeah, Jana Kramer is always just, she's just always doing something. She's always bugging me. The last thing I wanted to talk about, a lot of people were messaging me about Shannon Ford and John Gurney's breakup. I really have no tea. I think breakups happen, and unfortunately it's sad. People can grow apart, but I hope they're both doing well. Um, I think John's one of the nicest people. Shannon is really just a genuinely nice person. I have to say, though, I was shocked when I saw E! News posted about it. I don't know why I was so shocked, but then again, Shannon was on that station, so I guess it makes sense. But yeah, breakups are really hard, and I kind of get why she made a post. I'm sure people were like, why aren't you at Worth's birthday and things like that? 
but hopefully her and John, I'm, they're both very attractive, very nice people, and I am sure they will find their matches along the way. But no, breakups are sad, and I wish them both nothing but happiness in the future. Now it is time for the Ryan and Reese deep dive, and I will say this deep dive does not paint Ryan Phillippe in a very good light. The reason I wanted to do this deep dive to begin with is because I noticed that Ryan barely had any pictures with Ava, and then I also realized Ava no longer followed Ryan on Instagram. If you don't know who Ava is, it is him and Reese's daughter, who everyone says looks exactly like Reese, but we all know she looks more like Ryan, but nobody wants to talk about it, but maybe it's just because Ryan and Reese look alike, I don't know. But I wanted to do this deep dive because I realized a lot of you did not even know that he has a third child. And I was like, I need to inform the people about Reese and Ryan's relationship, and mostly Ryan. I honestly got more like dirt on Ryan than I did with Reese, I can't lie. But yeah, that is why the deep dive happened. It is because I realized Ava did not follow Ryan, and Ryan barely had any pictures of her. The last photo he posted was in 2018, and I was like, I gotta try and get to the bottom of this, because what is going on? I also think about this relationship a lot because it was one of the first celebrity relationships that I was like shocked ended. Jen and Brad, it was sad for me. It was tough, but I got through it. When Ryan and Reese announced their separation, that was a lot harder for me. I really loved them as a couple. And once I got into it a little more, I was like, why did I love them so much as a couple? <laughs> so I do have to put a disclaimer. All of this is allegedly. All of this, none of this is maybe true. Some is true. I don't know. I don't want to get sued. We all know what happened when I mentioned the limo scene in season one of Laguna. So I don't want to do that again. So this is all allegedly. Um, you can take what you want. Who knows if this is the complete truth. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. But I did do a lot of research. So I just wanted to throw that out there as well. Buckle up. Let's get ready for this deep dive. And you guys know when I say deep dive, it's more like a fairly shallow jump. I would say it's like the deep end of a pool, not like the deep parts of the ocean, if that makes sense. Now, we all know that Ryan and Reese met on the set of Cruel Intentions and they fell in love. Basically, they were kind of together on the set and then on Reese's 21st birthday, she said Ryan showed up and they fell kind of madly in love that night and he asked her what her present should be or what she wanted her present to be and she was like, I think you are my present. Okay, now a few months later, they had she got pregnant, they had baby Ava, then they had Deacon and what is happening during this time? What is happening while they're kind of just starting to get together during just before Deacon was born, just after Ava, what was going on for Reese and Ryan? Reese was quickly becoming a Hollywood superstar while Ryan's flame started to kind of fade. He wasn't in as many movies. Reese was doing Legally Blonde, Sweet Home Alabama, Legally Blonde 2, all those movies that we know and love. And turmoil was building, but I think it was, it all started to really, really unravel during Reese's Walk the Line. And I'll call it like the award show tour. Do you know what I mean? When they're at the Golden Globes, they're at the Oscars, they're at all those SAG awards. It seems like turmoil really started to build then. She won a bunch of awards and in my opinion, rightfully so, 
because that is one of my all-time favorite movies and I think Reese did an incredible job and eventually she goes on to win the Oscar for this role. And if you look at her celebrating her Oscar win, you'll see a very, very drunk Ryan Phillippe by her side. So I'm gonna go backwards a little bit. In 2002, Ryan and Reese presented the Oscar for Best Makeup and Ryan actually said, you make more money than I do, so go ahead and open it. And Reese recently talked about this in an interview and said that she was really embarrassed by the comment and she felt it wasn't right for him to say. And again, this was three years before Walk the Line, so tensions were already definitely brewing for a bit. So this is 2002 when that happened. 2005 is when she won the Oscar. And they always say there's an Oscar curse too. I don't know if you've heard of that. A lot of actresses who have won the Oscar go on to divorce their husband a year or two after. It's just kind of something that has happened over the years. So I just want to throw that out there too. So although there were rumors of him cheating, them having issues due to Ryan's jealousy of Reese's career, the couple remained publicly okay. That was until... Ryan started allegedly cheating with his Stop Loss co-star, Abby Cornish. This was in 2006 during the filming of Stop Loss. Like I said, he was in Australia and rumors started to really go that Ryan was cheating on Reese. Also, Stop Loss, I had high hopes for that movie. Super hot cast, not a great movie. I will say it's very fucking boring. It's an important topic, but it is boring as fuck. So during the breakup, of course, all over tabloids, it was like Ryan was jealous. Reese was a bitch. You know, all these things were being kind of thrown through all the tabloids. And again, it's kind of one of those things where to me, I'm like, okay, but like, okay, maybe Reese is difficult at times, but cheating sucks. Like you don't cheat. In my opinion, cheating is no good. So since their breakup, which was officially, they broke up in 2006, they got divorced. Reese dated Jake Gyllenhaal and eventually married Jim Toth. And they had a baby now, I think he's like eight or something named Tennessee. Now, who has Ryan been linked to? Get ready. This is, a, this is a long journey. You ready? He has been linked to Abby Cornish, model Jessica White, allegedly Rihanna, Amanda Seyfried, Ashley Green, and also the Ashley Green story, she had a boyfriend at the time, but Ryan was at her apartment and her apartment caught on fire because of a candle. And that is why people knew that they were hooking up because her apartment literally fucking burnt down and Ryan Phillippe was there. Paulina Slager, Slatker, she was a model. He was engaged to her. Alexis Knapp, who he has a daughter with, and she is the actress from Pitch Perfect. Elsie Hewitt, Nikki Reed, and allegedly Demi Lovato as well. I'd like to go back to Nikki Reed. She was only 18 when they started to date and he was 32. So those are all the actresses and models that Ryan has been linked to since they broke up, since Ryan and Reese broke up, I should say. Now, Alexis has come out and said that Ryan is not very involved in their daughter's life. He was there for the delivery, but it seems like he just kind of, you know, probably just pays child support and that is that. She looks a lot like Ava though. It's actually crazy. Those Philippi jeans work hard. I am kind of backtracking a little bit. I wanted to read this celebrity blind from Crazy Days and Nights and this is from 2007. Ryan Phillippe said he's only interested in making serious movies and wouldn't want to spend time away from his children if it was just to do a fun movie. He says he enjoys watching fun movies, but, quote, if I put my time and focus into a project, I like it to resonate and mean something, end quote. What Ryan is really saying is that he's an actor who is never offered 
the fun movies and the blockbuster movies, so he just pretends that he only wants to make serious movies. If you choose to believe what Ryan is saying, then you also have to know that he's throwing Reese under the bus. Reese has spent time away from home doing fun films or big films and not just films that are serious. So I guess Ryan is saying that he is a better parent than Reese because he only leaves the kids for important reasons like serious films and sleeping with 18-year-old girls. So again, that is 2007, just after the divorce and rumblings of Ryan liking his girls, his women, his girls young, right? 18 is young. We're starting to kind of pop up. But things were pretty quiet until about 2016. We'd see paparazzi photos of Ryan and Reese co-parenting at like Deacon's soccer games and things like that. Again, we kind of knew Ryan cheated, but assumed they both moved on. And well, I think they did, but Ryan's demons started to show themselves a bit. Also, really, really quick, in 2015, an interview came out where Ryan said that he and Reese broke up because they got married young. That simple. Now, in 2018, in an interview with Oprah, Reese opened up about an abusive relationship she was in when she was young, and people immediately assumed that Ryan was Reese's abuser, but she has never named the person who abused her. Now, we're going to go back to 2017, and claims against Ryan came out. Now, this is a trigger warning. I wanted to let you know I am about to talk more about abuse, so I just want to put a trigger warning out there. And claims against Ryan started to come out in 2019 over an incident that allegedly happened in 2017. And I am reading from an Jezebel article. It's from Jezebel.com. On October 15th, 2019, Philippi was set to appear before a jury in a case dating back to 2017 when his ex-girlfriend, then 21-year-old Elsie Hewitt, says she suffered a violent late-night assault at Philippi's home that allegedly resulted in multiple injuries. In pleadings filed in the suit, Philippi denied he assaulted Hewitt and claimed he acted in self-defense. No criminal action was brought against Philippi arising from the incident, according to the LAPD. Publicly, Philippi has claimed allegations like this disgust him and he was raised in a household where women's rights, feminism, and advocacy were very much on the forefront. So Philippi and Hewitt actually settled the suit according to an October 10th, 2019 filing. Before that, the actor had filed multiple motions to preclude evidence from being used against him at trial, including police records pertaining to him, the deposition of his ex-fiancee Paulina Slatker, text messages he sent after the alleged incident, and even the testimony of his ex-wife. So basically, what was going to happen? And I guess I should say that Philippi paid off his ex-fiance and after she filed a police report for harassment against him just months before Hewitt's claim. Um, he's This is really triggering. I just wanted to put that out there. Um, Hewitt claims that he threw her down the stairs while screaming, get the fuck out of my house, you crazy C-word. Before the settlement was announced, press coverage of the lawsuit was picked up, and in part, Reese Witherspoon made it onto the opposing side's witness list and was set to testify. Now, this is where I think everything with Ava kind of comes in, because Ryan settled with that Elsie Hewitt a week before Reese was supposed to go on trial and talk. 
Reese was going to stand up there, speak against her ex-husband about abuse, and Ryan instead decided to settle out of court, and I think it's because of the media circus that would have caused. Um, there was a lot of articles about it because Reese was going to talk, and Reese is obviously a huge name in Hollywood, and people do remember Ryan and Reese together as a couple, so what happened was Ryan paid off Elsie Hewitt and they kind of went on without talking about it, right? Like when you pay someone off, when you settle out of court, you don't talk about it again. You don't go through those motions. I do want to add this. Philippi claimed in a November 2017 case filing that Hewitt was extorting him and that he asked the court to squash her legal so he could begin taking appropriately le- appropriate legal actions to hold Hewitt accountable for the serious harm she inflicted on Philippi. With the case now settled, that is not going to happen. But I did just want to read that little part. Now I am going to read A Celebrity Blind from October 6, 2019. To this point, this A-plus list dual threat actress has been unwilling to write a check to help her legally troubled ex. This could change within the next week. He has been playing the do it for the children card. And that is Ryan and Reese. That is a Ryan and Reese blind. Again, blinds take it with a grain of salt. This whole thing is allegedly too. I just want to throw that out there. Again, this is another blind from July 17th, 2018. Screaming at the top of your lungs that you are a cocaine cowboy is probably not the best thing you are doing for this A-minus list, mostly television actor from a fairly hit cable show, all of you know, but not from his acting. The actor who only clawed his way back up the list with this show was once A-list back in the day. Not ever the best actor, but had good looks in a very public relationship. He has struggled with sobriety. He has also had issues with violence towards women, doing lines of coke this week with a bunch of half-naked models who would like nothing more than to be seen with him is par for the course. One of the models was not as interested as the others, which he took as a personal offense. She says he punched her in the stomach, and while she had her mouth open gasping gasping for air, he forced himself into her mouth. He told her he would keep punching her unless she kept doing it. So she kept doing it, he finished, and then he said all women come around eventually to him, and she would be back later. So there are a lot of celebrity blinds that Ryan is allegedly not the best guy when it comes to women. And what I have read throughout some things doing a little bit more of a Google deep dive, is that Ava basically knows that her father does not treat women correctly. She basically chose her mother's side and Deacon is cool with both of them. He is cool with both, but Ava will not because she realizes her dad is sleeping with some of her friends, allegedly. She also has allegedly, (laughs) I keep saying allegedly, But she has removed all images of him from her page, so it seems like there is a lot of bad blood there. Yes, Ryan was recently at their home celebrating Deacon's birthday, so maybe Reese does try and keep an open door, but Ava's, what, 21 or 22 at this point, and she can, much like Bentley and Leah from Teen Mom, she can make her own choices. And I actually had a few people DM me about Dewey Beach in... Delaware. And that is where Ryan is originally from. And that is where he spends a lot of his summers with his family out there. So a few people have said they've seen him and Deacon, but never Ava. They've never seen Ava with him in there. 
And then a girl DM'd me and she sent me videos of this. So that is why I completely believe this. But I'm still going to throw allegedly out there so I don't get in too much trouble. Ryan likes to party pretty hard with college kids. And he will allegedly bring 18, 19 year old girls to the bar to hook up with them and just kind of sneak them in. He'll go back, do coke and drink with whoever he can. Um, Apparently this girl's friend slept with Ryan, said he was good in bed, which is... You know, after everything I've said, I'm kind of like, okay, whatever. Um, But yeah, I think that that is kind of why Ava decided to stop being associated with Ryan. And I always found it really interesting that they have Deacon and Ava also don't have a relationship with their, um, I guess, half sibling from Alexis Knapp. So that is kind of the deep dive that I have. Yes, there have been things about Reese being an asshole and like just treating people not as kindly. Hopefully those are just bad days, but a lot of it does seem to be Ryan has an alleged addiction issue and he can't really handle his shit and he's really awful to women. And when I was diving down, I was like, I cannot believe that I thought this man was like super fucking hot and all this stuff. And I thought they were the sweetest couple. And again, I am sure that there were moments where Reese was not easy to deal with. I will say this was probably more of like a Ryan Phillippe deep dive than a Reese and Ryan deep dive. But as a couple, I think that there was a lot of cheating. And one thing NT Lawyer said during his podcast about Ryan and Reese was that Ryan was never faithful. Ryan thought that them being together would be good for both of their careers and it would help move them both forward. But he wasn't faithful to her. No word on if she was faithful to him, but I know when she started dating Jake, that was a really big deal because he was actually friends with Ryan. So that is what I have for the deep dive. It does seem like Ava has issues with her father because of how he treats women and because he's allegedly slept with some of her friends. And then people, like I said, a few people from um, Delaware have messaged me about his time at Dewey Beach and that he likes to party and hang out with really young women like, like 18, 19, 20 And to me, if my dad, I just think of like, I am almost 30. My dad is like 62, I think. But even if he was dating like a 30 year old, I'd be put off by it. I wouldn't, I would not be okay with that. And if, you know, I'm 18 and my dad's dating someone my age or trying to sleep with people my age, I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So that is the deep dive. I hope that I gave you some insight and I hope I gave enough trigger warnings. I apologize. I know some of those things were pretty tough. I definitely recommend reading the Jezebel article and you can just, um, if you just Google Jezebel, J-E-Z-E-B-E-L and then search Ryan Phillippe, it'll pop up right away. But it does seem like they settled out of court because the case was starting to get a lot more attention due to Reese being a part of it. Now, as I wrap this up, I just want to say thank you guys so much for all of your kind messages always. Um, I'm really lucky that we have a community like this where we can just kind of talk and say what's on our mind and talk about pop culture, but also talk about emotions and just be open with stuff like that. A lot of you have been super supportive since I left my job and I got so many nice messages about it. So again, thank you so much for those. They really mean more than you even know. Um, Sometimes I feel like I tell the podcast more than I even tell like my friends and family. So lean in real close. The last few weeks have actually, I was talking to somebody. I don't like to talk about my love life. I don't, I don't really have one. 
this was someone, they slid into my DMs. We kind of had a conversation. We started talking, texting, all of that. And then we found out like, hey, it's probably best if we just kind of like just be friends. But that was from like Christmas until like three weeks ago. (laughs) So that is something you guys didn't know. And I just told you, but I am trying to be more open to the idea of being with someone. I think I've been alone for such a long time. I even live alone. Like I am alone a lot and I think I like that, but I do think it would be nice to, you know, spend some time with somebody. Why not? But I will talk to you guys next week with Low Bosworth and I know I've said that like a trillion times, but please make sure to rate, subscribe. Um, A few people have asked if I have a Patreon. I don't, But I do, there is a link if you look in like the description that you can click on. And if you wanted to do like a monthly support thing, you can. If you don't, I understand that too. So don't feel like there's any pressure to do that. I just know a few people have asked recently and I just wanted to remind you guys, no, I don't have a Patreon, but I do have that monthly, um, you can donate anywhere or yeah, donate, I guess, anywhere from like 99 cents to whatever you'd like. So again, thank you guys so much for hanging out. Thank you so much for spending time with me this week. And I will talk to you later. Bye.